Welcome back to an Omnia Paradis. I am Jay, here with my friend and co-host Angela, and there are airplanes, but we bash record, so deal with it. <laughs> Seriously, like how many planes are going over right now? Is it just like it's close? I guess so. Very weird. So today, now that the plane has gone by, we're gonna be talking about fitness. Uh, this is a topic we first explored in season one, so we thought we'd hit it again in season two, kind of check in a year from where we were when we first started. What's so funny? I just thought you were gonna hit it again. I'm immature, that's what she said. <laughs> okay, Michael Scott, I see that that weekend with your big has- Is that The Office? Yeah, I've never seen an episode of The Office. The closest I can get you is I've watched the the dance of the Chris Brown song for the wedding. Oh, like, for the wedding. Like three times on the internet. Only three times? Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's where that comes from. That's where that's what she said comes from? I don't know if it's like where it like comes from comes from, but that's where it became like super popular. What year was that? Oh. 2005. I don't know. I feel like it's a good returning topic for us because we are approximately 18 months from where we were when we first talked about this. And I feel like even more, wasn't this was like our pre-episode like back in like October? Like wasn't the first one we ever recorded? Because we tried our Zoom ones that didn't work. Wait, was it? Because we did, because we had, you kept having, you kept wanting it re-edited. Re I feel like this was like the first, first episode. Oh, that's right. This was our first trial topic. Would be good if we remembered what we said. I think we titled it like, how many push-ups to fries? Yes. Yep, it was episode seven. I just can't tell you what we said last time about fitness. I was really into yoga and I haven't done yoga in eight months. It was that and then also about like health conditions. Because like that's like where your IBS Mm -hmm. Right when it started to become trendy and now it's a thing of hot girls have digestive issues. Which is so annoying because now it's one of those personality traits. Just like, oh, millennials liking Harry Potter is a personality trait. Now it's like girls in their 20s have IBS. It's a personality trait. Here's the thing, like not to get like too graphic, but like it's not like healthy to have digestive issues. It's so like making it like a cute thing. I'm like, that's like really not good for you. It's really not. And also like the whole like how I met your mother. Do you remember when Lily got sick and Marshall told everyone she had food poisoning and then she chastised him because that makes everyone like, visualize what your problem is? No, but I that sounds like a how I met your mother plot point. Yeah. So I feel like I get that a lot now. Like I don't tell everyone that I have IBS. I We talk about it here because I'm only looking at you and however many people are actually listening to this, you all now know about like my IBS issues. But it's not as if I walk into the room and I'm like, oh my God, guys, I have IBS. Like, sorry, I can't eat that. Because immediately, like the few people who I have had to disclose that to lately have been like, oh, so that means like you go to the bathroom a lot? And I'm just like, no, why are you asking me about my bathroom functions? That's so awkward. You. Yeah. And so I've seen that a lot on like TikTok and Instagram too where people are like, yeah, I have IBS and then people stitch it. And so they're like, okay, great. Thanks for telling me like you run to the bathroom every five minutes. And it's like, okay, that's not what it's like for everyone. IBS is like a catch-all term for lots of different digestive issues. And we don't want to be confronted about well, our like, particular habits. Just stop that. I will stop putting say, us on blast. There is a segment of like younger people. Cause I remember this in my dorm. Like there were people in my dorm who would send pictures of their number twos to each other and snap it and go with their partners and who are real up close and personal about that and like like to announce it and like to give details and description. I'm not one of those people. I don't think I'll ever be that with a partner. I'm chill peeing in front of frankly most people on the planet. Not so comfortable like with number two like needing to be on blast. Mm -hmm. So like the thing is like with IBS like I'm like not like the idea of like I don't know if it's more disturbing that they think like it's an invitation that like tell me about your bathroom usage and it's like why do you like need to like I don't want to know. Right? You need to do it as the book says everyone poops and like that's kind oh of the god. end of like what is needed oh my god kind of actually now that you bring that up um my emotional support podcast two hot takes they like joked about something called a poop knife and now i think they're sponsored by them what do they huh i did not go too into that because i don't like hearing about people's bathroom functions but essentially it's like this giant like plastic hearing device if you want to investigate because people are into that apparently ew yeah right Oh my god, no. Ew. Okay, well, while 
while we're on the well let's like kind of divert this like lovely topic but it's just thing have you looked into the i'm using the word trigger warning diet it's not like a diet have you looked at the food plan the the low fodmap plan of ibs things yes i have i've actually done it twice i haven't done it for the full eight weeks i think i've lasted two do you notice a difference with it completely oh really i actually really notice a difference too when i take probiotics my stomach is so much more calm Mm-hmm. So if you, I thought about trying it just because I was curious because I feel like I've done various things from like calorie counting to like not like to like low carb to mm-hmm. like various things and like I can't find anything. And the thing about like this thing for IBS, I don't have IBS, but like because it's like you can eat like all types of food, but it's like selective of like which within categories. Mm-hmm. It was just like another for me. It was just another like elimination diet to try mm-hmm. to see like what my body is sensitive to. Yeah. So that's essentially what the FODMAP diet is. It's for you to pull out as many processed things as possible so that you can focus on like basic food groups and nutrients and see what is working with your system and what is not Mm -hmm. and he said it does have really good uh, it is really good for following like an anti-inflammatory diet there are multiple different types of anti-inflammatory diets as well because apparently you can be inflammatory sensitive to multiple different things so overall it's really good I do notice a difference I really like things that are bad for me and that's something that I just need to be better about like Mm -hmm. cheese jay is always really good about having me yeah jay doesn't like cheese jay is really good about having me order light cheese on things when we go out i love cheese so i generally tend to be like fuck it i'll take the pain even though it's not good i can't like i don't want to like repeat what i said last time but like for that to happen i need to remember what i said last time (laughs) i guess like from the point of recording that which would have been october 2020 i i still work i work out i'm from i would say i guess like since like the second week in March I've worked out about four to six days a week every day since then I think like there are a few times I've given myself breaks like I went to when I go like when I'm on vacation I don't do it but like when you're on vacation you naturally just like walk more but I've definitely gone through phases right I think when we started I was really into like dance cardio and then like I started getting into weight training a little bit and like I did that for like a good six months and then I was into just like indoor walking videos Mm -hmm. like the big one the big trend on YouTube where the influencer who did it I've always walked more like this just because naturally I have hip things and ankle things so it's just easier um but it's like called the 12 330 the one who kind of coined the term was Lauren Geraldo she's an influencer but kind of like a way to get yourself like back into the gym and just like more comfortable so it's like speed of three incline of 12 for 30 minutes because I've also seen for like people with PCOS again something I don't have but it's like better to do steady state than like hit training and other things and like when you look that walk is like not easy like I created a plan because I like I can't get into well one my body doesn't want me to run and two I can't get into treadmill because I'm almost like okay it's 30 minutes which is three 10 minute songs four <laughs> two like four or like five six minute songs like I always break it down so what I found I have a playlist of I think it's four musical theater songs that exact to 30 minutes it's I think it's Dancing Through Life from Wicked um Carnival del Barrio from In the Heights um what you want from Legally Blonde and like one other song that I'm blanking on but like mm-hmm. they're each like eight minute songs and this was before the Taylor Swift 10 minute all too well version came out but that's like <laughs> a little bit too like not like super like I need like something more upbeat oh mm-hmm. and I think it's like the end of the oh and then it's the song from Book of Mormon I think because like four songs that a total 30 minutes and so I could try to sing in my head and do that but like I've been trying to transition not very well from like work from like working out to movement because for me like I know yoga is good for me I know meditation walks and mindfulness and source energy crystal all that stuff is good for me but like because we were raised in like the 90s of the generation of it's not I'm so glad the message now is be fit be healthy not be skinny Mm -hmm. but we were raised with be skinny regardless Mm -hmm. of how emaciated or what you had to do to do it be skinny my first way to talk about a show without talking about a show in this episode (laughs) when they come back from the time jump Uh the one with the fashion line like that's her big thing like I don't want a model who's a size zero I don't she looks too thin like that was like her mm-hmm. and no the actress that's not surprising like that was her her take on like the fashion industry mm-hmm. but like for us it was always about be a size zero whatever you can like and so for me although like cognitively I'm at a place where I know like the number on the scale reflects a bunch of factors and it's also especially like, since I'm doing like dumbbells and weight stuff it's not necessarily like you're gaining muscle while losing fat so like mm-hmm. and muscle weighs more than fat so you have to like remember it's like obviously if you have a pound of muscle 
muscle and a pound of fat you st it's still a pound but the muscle takes is like because the muscle is denser it takes up less space mm -hmm. well because like you always see where they hold up the bag like, this is a pound of fat and like a muscle isn't because like muscle because like your fat are cells so they expand and they can right. contract when they're big Mm -hmm. So I think it's just like how much muscle you're putting on versus yeah. like how much weight you're putting on. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, regardless, it's like your muscle, muscle is better than weight. So it's like you might be gaining some mass yeah. in places, but if it's muscle, it's good mass. And there are way, things that you can do to lean out your muscles. The other big thing is like, at least I'm sure I've talked about this, like the person I found who I like doing weight videos with is Sydney Cummings. She just had her first baby oh, and nice. she worked out like her entire pregnancy mm -hmm. till like she get her due date was two days ago and like she gave birth on her due date and she was like working out when her water broke. But oh. like, I like it cause like when she's like a personal trainer, her workout, she was like a D1 athlete. But what I love about her is like her workout for the day is the workout she films. So it's not like, I hate my, the things I hated were like, it's like, okay guys, here's the video. Video, we run it through once and then do it four more times like if mm. I have to do it four more times I want to witness you having to do it four more times definitely so like, I really liked her style and I've started doing weights because of her and like trying to focus on strength training and like she does the thing that like I only recently heard of a term I'm sure it's been around for a while but it's becoming more mainstream as they do functional training which is like training for your everyday life so like mm -hmm. mimicking picking up groceries picking up children reaching for things so it's like investing in your body now for when as we do we decline mm -hmm. and frankly every day you're living you're declining ugh morbid I do like that though because I feel like there's like a lot of focus on like working out different muscles and like obviously like you want to make sure that like all of your body can do can perform at its best but you also need to make sure that you are able to do what you need to do in your day-to-day -day. and I feel like particularly after reading um cultish when we read about the mm -hmm. workout cults and like the certain drives that were put on to like certain classes where it's not necessarily necessarily about like functioning at your best it's just like pushing your body to the limit and you don't necessarily have to push your body to the limit to be the healthiest you can be mm -hmm. I also think I've been trying to like this isn't new but like kind of the whole like I heard this a while ago and like I didn't really like understand it's like the mind body connection mm -hmm. which if you watch private practice is the name of like um Sam Bennett aka uh Pay Diggs is like book all about it oh yeah he was yeah. um he plays like the he's like a Dr. Oz before he went all Republican do not vote for him for whatever state he's running for governor may or whatever please don't vote for him terrifying um but kind of like just like the connection between it like i was seeing this thing like if you want if you're doing like a glute bridge like think about like your muscles like think about like doing it and like not to go into like too much detail but like i have a family member who recently had some nerve damage and is trying to get it back and one of the things the doctors recommended is that like mentally he visualizes walking he visualizes like picking things up because mm -hmm. there is a huge thing of like retraining and muscle memories like such a real thing mm -hmm. of like being able to like replicate that and that's just such an important thing and something that I don't think like we realize enough like when you're trying to train a particular muscle or trying to do something when you channel like I am holding in my core I'm like lifting my calf like when you're trying to intentionally do it it really can improve the way you work out I agree I feel like that's part of also helping build your everyday routine because if you don't feel a connection to what you're doing there's no real like mental incentive for you to keep it going Mm -hmm. because if it's just something that you're going through the motions on but you don't feel a connection to why are you going to keep it up like I feel like that's what yeah. I've been struggling with the past few months mm -hmm. is that I don't like the workouts that I'm doing so I have no incentive to keep going mm -hmm. so what have you been doing or like go through your pandemic or start your senior year of your glow up like whenever you want like when do you want to start your evolution um I mean, I, I don't know. I guess we'll start 2020. I had was working from home, so I had a lot of extra time. So I had a lot more time to work out. Most of it was home workouts, and that's something that I'm not particularly invested in because I don't like when people interrupt my workout and like without fail, someone always needed to like go into the kitchen in the middle of my 45 minute yoga flow and then they wanted to make lunch. And so then they're like walking around me. And as you guys know, I'm a total germaphobe. I don't like when people step on my yoga mat. Could you not have worked out outside? Don't you have a backyard? I do, but I'm bug sensitive uh. as well. And with everyone being at home, just like constantly being in their yards, lots of new gardens and stuff were popping up. So we had like an influx of like the pretty bugs, like ladybugs and butterflies and roly polies and all of that. But we also had an influx of spiders mm. and mosquitoes okay. and all kinds of stuff because everyone wanted to install a water feature in my neighborhood. 
Okay. Like, so I tended to do most of it inside. And yeah, germaphobe, you can't step on my yoga mat. All of a sudden, it's like my computer, like showing me like the yoga flow was like being moved and I couldn't hear it as much. So that was definitely hard for me to get into. So I started going on a lot more long walks. So I felt like overall, my fitness was good. And I actually like I did lose a lot of weight. I think I lost like 15 pounds. And I felt really good about myself. But I also knew like I had zero muscle. Everyone kind of teases me about like having the chicken legs already and then I really had chicken legs and my arms were noodles. It was not like I looked cute in clothes but I didn't look cute unclothed. Does that make sense? Yeah you were very slender but like very like yeah like lip. Yeah so like it just it wasn't great overall and then I like once they lifted the gym mandate like I started going back. Thankfully like my gym still has us wear masks so I feel more comfortable and you basically work out in these like privacy bubbles which is pretty interesting so I started like hitting the weights again and I felt like I was getting back into like a better rhythm but at the same time like I was starting like at the very beginning like I had to start with five to ten pound weights because I had zero muscle and then I felt like I worked myself up to a good place and then I started having to go into the office every day and that was when in September of 21 of yeah September 2021 and it also was kind of like the start of like my general like job discomfort and depression and then I was there at the office constantly I didn't want to work out anymore I wasn't I felt like I was like still working out because like I'd go on long walks and stuff mm -hmm. but I also started eating really terribly well like I'm not blaming this but like you also got into a relationship around that yes and I'm very fortunate that the people I've chosen to date are people who eat to live not live to eat people mm -hmm. so like people I've dated like they're both like sweets eh, like I don't need dessert with a meal like I don't need a snack like mm -hmm. I'm like not super hungry like everyone I've dated like not and which is like is a good thing for me because like I love to bake and like not to my detriment but like I can very easily see in the dynamic of a relationship especially a relationship where like because of COVID you're dominantly inside like mm -hmm. eating is a eating is like an is a community activity eating is a way to like get to know someone like because mm -hmm. you don't want to be like hey do you want to go on a hike in a deserted area with someone you've met twice oh my god seriously and it's like you can't go to the gym like it's like it was hard it's hard enough to, in general to like go do something on a date but then when you also take out like Angela because remember because of her digestive trendy hot girl <laughs> digestive issues Angela doesn't drink so it's like not like going to bars all the time mm -hmm. which also adds a ton of empty calories seriously but like that and so then like you're kind of left with food mm -hmm. and so like trying to meet this person because like what else are you gonna like you like like you have to have some kind of activity yeah, to like, like base because like, like you the can't general like part meet, of your date around. yeah it's like you can't it's like you can't just like sit in and watch a movie but like you can't go out and do that much mm -hmm. and it's like a thing if it's like money time mm -hmm. like there's all so many factors that go into like how do you date like what do you do it's obviously like we know what to do but it's like a date regardless it's like if you're doing an activity like your minimum probably gonna sound like okay well maybe this is me and angela you could tell me i haven't been on a date. like if you're doing a semi fun activity you're kind of about a hundred dollars with or without food total not a person kind of yeah because like if you think about it movie tickets now are like 25 dollars a person um going out to dinner generally i mean we live in a pretty expensive area but that's about like 30 dollars a person but even if you happy hour with tip mm -hmm. and tax and the mandates and like and like, generally like you're doing like maybe like two activities so it's like you go get dinner and then you go to a movie or you go like mini golfing and then you go to happy hour yeah or like, something because like, it's weird because like there's a point where like i got stuck in this predicament once where it's like because also things because of the pandemic things close so early so it's like mm -hmm. you do like one thing whether it's dinner or movie whatever and you end at like nine that's like you're enjoying the company of the person but it's like you don't want to go back to someone's place mm -hmm. the bars are closed what are you supposed to do except go like walk in the dark mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really weird So yeah I mean there's definitely that and I feel like he falls more or more than I do in the eat to live category but he also has like his own indulgences and so luckily we don't exactly have the same ones like mm -hmm. generally but you I would say you both have a sweet tooth oh for sure yeah and it's like it's easier to like let yourself indulge in a sweet tooth when your partner is also it's like when it's something you have it's like it's one thing when you have it on your own but when you have it in common it mm -hmm. makes it harder yeah 
not thankful because I would love if I could date someone who would cook but at the same time I'm kind of glad like I'm the foodier person because mm-hmm. it's not that like the people I've taken like, didn't eat or like, wouldn't eat it's more of a thing that's like what do you want to eat like oh I don't care we'll go wherever it's like because mm-hmm. I had a stronger opinion I could do it and not that like I was like oh I'm not gonna eat this because like I'd look bad or not but mm-hmm. like it's the thing of like I would pick more intentionally where to eat because mm-hmm. they knew it was anything if they were like oh my god like you know what I'm craving like a burger and fries like I would go with that so like right and because they're not those people I didn't have to like do that so I could naturally like cognizantly make myself eat healthier mm-hmm. and then I would just go to brunch with Angela and our friend Brian and eat whatever I wanted exactly yeah I feel like you kind of had like the best of both worlds I like agree. you had you had good bumpers to yeah. like keep you in a good lane yeah and I appreciate that like this I, sounds weird like not like I would never date a family member for like let's just put that out there <laughs> like it sounds weird but like my cousin loves to cook uh-huh. he loves to cook and he's a good chef I would be like double my size if mm-hmm. I dated someone who like he's like he likes he and he has all the gadgets so he has a sous vide he likes to grill Ooh. and my whole family like, likes to cook and bake so he's like he's good at it too mm-hmm. and he, he likes to try new things mm-hmm. you naturally if you're that kind of person eat a lot more mm-hmm. like just because like, like one you're not cooking it so you always tell yeah. you and you're not cooking it and two it's like a nice sign and gesture of love when someone like cooks for you mm-hmm. and that's like when you want to try new things so like a harder thing anyway not to get so much like Angela's relationship <laughs> like made her fat but like I was just I think it's something I feel like often we pinpoint like one factor as the reason like I did this because of my IBS or because of my mm-hmm. it's like no like when things change like a lot tends to change at once like between in a two month span you got a relationship you got a new job mm-hmm. you went to you were flying all over like a lot of things like change in a short period of time and like all of those contribute to like the picture yeah no I agree I feel like that's especially at the beginning of a new relationship like you're not gonna be like you're not gonna like not want to eat I also don't understand how in the 90s this is a little bit of a tangent of how it was always like the default to get a salad okay like you don't want to be seen eating a steak it's like I'd much rather eat a steak in front of someone than a salad because like all of that like shit getting stuck in your teeth oh seriously and like steak you can chop up in like small bites typically if you're not going to like a bougie place it's like not a huge piece like eating a salad like you have to eat like a rabbit chomping and I don't understand. I really only eat salads when I'm alone. I don't like to eat salads in front of other people. Yeah, so I don't understand like why that was the default. But it's also a thing of like you're at a beginning of a relationship. So if he's like, hey, do you want to go get this? Like my treat or I love this kind of food. I want to introduce it. Like mm-hmm. you want to be good and accommodating and like put your best foot forward. And like that has to do a lot with like eating a lot. Yeah. No, I I definitely agree with that. Like I feel like we both kind of like indulged each other, but I also do have to like put it out there. Like maybe like a month into indulging each other like he was a lot more like okay like I need to pull back like I don't generally eat like this oh yeah so it's like I feel like I definitely was like the driving force in like eating unhealthily like when we went out anytime you start a relationship whether it's a friendship Mm -hmm. or a relationship it's like oh my god like I can't wait to take you to like my favorite new bar or I Mm -hmm. can't wait to take you and like someone's initiating it like you're being wooed like you're not gonna be like right I'm on like a diet like I can't do like yeah no for sure like I think we did go out for burgers one day and I ordered a salad just because I had burgers like the day previously and maybe even like yeah. the day before that because it was like the only place that was open around yeah. my office and I got a salad and I was so unhappy I ate the salad and then I got the burger mm-hmm. which was like not the plan but it just kind of like steamrolled from there mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like, that's, that's 2021, and I don't know, like, definitely, like, in those last few months, I was eating way more than I usually would, but I felt like I was still keeping it, like, pretty healthy, but I was definitely gaining weight and not going to the gym. I also think it's also interesting, like, people's, not like people have any right to judge or whatever perception, but, like, in college, did you, like, everyone thought I was a super healthy eater, because, like, I would get salads when I would go out often. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, where we went to college, like, I didn't have access to, to very good vegetables. So the yeah. best place was, like, for, we wanted to waste for, like, Cheesecake Factory. Was a big thing. And I would always get, like, the Chinese chicken salad. And everyone's like, why are you always getting a salad whenever it's getting pasta? And it's like, because I cook pasta at my house. Mm-hmm. I can cook these things. I don't get, like, like higher quality vegetables mm-hmm. at home. So when we would go to, like, Mongolian barbecue or I would mm-hmm. go out for a teriyaki or something, I, I would normally make sure, like, to, like, pack in the vegetables where I could get it. Mm-hmm. So the perception is like, Jay, like, all you eat is, like, you eat real healthy. I'm like, clearly you're not in my apartment enough to see I have, like, two snack cabinets devoted to things. Your snack cabinets were very cool. I know. A lack of awareness. And, it's, and it was always the thing of, like, 
this is a whole episode like on perceptions and like how everyone's like a mirror of you mm-hmm. like people like i would wouldn't i didn't do this fortunately i had enough like resolve to not but when people are like oh you're getting a salad like and i want like this three two pasta it's like get your pasta like eat my what eating, you want it's like me eating a salad doesn't mean you can't eat a pasta and frankly if i'm getting a salad it's probably because i know we're going out for drinks and mm-hmm. the drink place has french fries and i would mm-hmm. rather eat french fries than for me like not the best quality pasta mm-hmm. so it's not like I'm not gonna consume and even if I just did want to eat the salad like who gives a shit but it's the thing of like typically for me it's like oh like Angela and Brian want to go to somewhere for happy hour where I don't love the food so I'll get like the like roast cauliflower and then when we go to dinner mm-hmm. I'll like while they're getting like a side of veggies and like chicken I'll get like steak and a side of potatoes because like mm-hmm. I it's proportion and it's balance but mm-hmm. I think we all need to stop projecting our things onto what other people order mm-hmm. and I'm not saying like we're not fault of that but I think it's like kind of just like the general messaging of like something like as little as that like doesn't impact you like if Angela it's not like if Angela eats a salad like I'm gaining weight looking at Angela <laughs> eat a salad like that's just like not how it works exactly and I feel like part of that too is that you also have to like break the idea of like oh like I go when I want to have a cheat day I'm gonna hit this person up because like they're my cheat day person and so when it becomes a thing of like your cheat day person doesn't want to eat the way that you want to eat then suddenly you feel ashamed for eating the way that you want to eat that's not how it should be because if you want to have a cheat day you should have a cheat day everyone should have a cheat day once in a while like you need to make room in your life both things because I feel like what is the trend on like Instagram right now where it's like it's like this isn't worth it if you don't have this and a lot of people are doing it for like eating Mm -hmm. so it's like if you can take as many vitamins and things as you want and like eat salads every day and juice and measure how many ounces of chicken you're eating but if you don't have like a slice of pizza once in a while it's like what what kind of balance are you giving yourself yeah like are you living so strictly that you're not really living at all mm-hmm. I get what you're saying about like the cheat day friend I think like that situation for me I view just like a little bit differently because like if it's like Angela when I see Angela and like we know I was about to name a restaurant we go to that's like pretty local if we go to like the place with like the candied bacon mm-hmm. and like whenever you and I hang out and get brunch and all of a sudden you're like eh not my thing that's a little bit different because it's not obviously it's not about the bacon it's about like the celebration of us going to this place and eating it right so like if you only hit up that person to eat unhealthy and they're not eating unhealthy I don't think it means like I think like you have a right to have a cheat day friend like Mm -hmm. when we do this or when we want to go here I'm gonna like let myself indulge for the day Mm -hmm. but I also think that it's wrong to like like my thing is if I expected us to go and get the candied bacon and you're like oh no like I'm going vegan keto paleo whatever Mm -hmm. and it's like okay well like I wouldn't have come here to like to eat this alone right I mean I think at least like be upfront about that mm-hmm. and maybe just like make sure you and your cheat day friend are on the same page because like I know I'm everyone's cheat day friend so like <laughs> I can get like four, four or five invitations in a row to like go eat at a wing stop or go get in and out or go get the candied bacon or something like that and so then all of a sudden it's like my cheat day has turned into a cheat week yeah. Like, my dad, when he comes to visit, he's always like, do you want to get, like, an ice cream someday? He's like, I want to take yeah. you out. Like, let's get a treat. Like, mm-hmm. well, if I've already had, like, an entire cheat weekend, I feel like I have to say no to the ice cream. But then it's really hard because, like, that's your relationship with people. Mm-hmm. You need, like, you need to figure out how to balance that as well. And I feel like that's oh, yeah. what I'm also, like, trying to work through right now. I can't have all of these cheat days in a row. And I also <laughs> don't want anyone to feel like I don't value their relationship. Yeah, because it's like, everyone's like, the, the like the 80-20 rule. Mm-hmm. But if like, you're everyone's 20, exactly. that becomes your 80. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like my mom, for example, because we're, we're going to get to it later, but we'll just like put it out there right now. I've gained like 43 pounds this year. And where... Which is not, there's nothing innately wrong with that fact alone. Right. There's gaining weight. I could have I could have stood to have gained some weight, but also not great because most of this has come from cheat days. So it's like I'd like I to add to- I have not been a participant in these. When I went to when we ate in LA, we got Chick-fil-A once, and I think that's the only meal we had for three days. Which also isn't healthy in the other direction. Oh, we had Panda Express too. And donuts. 
and well we had starbucks but that was just coffees okay i had the i just had oh we had but we had kids bowl well i had kids you had a kids bowl i just i had the smallest bowl and yeah. oh i got oh tagaloo but tagaloo is probably what did it because i got i got sugar fish oh yeah which and i ate mushroom fries and pasta and pasta oh god that pasta was so good there's nothing wrong with these things but like the thing is just like my whole point of this was like i am not i did not use angela as my cheat day friend <laughs> i ate food she was allergic to <laughs> Yes. Yeah, we had we had meals. It weren't like none of this was gonna like immediately pack on 43 pounds to me. I know, but like in general, I have well one, we haven't gone out to eat very much. But like, I'm just saying I'm not one of the people expecting you to cheat mm -hmm. day. And that's true. And like part of that too is my just wanting to indulge and mm -hmm. just also kind of using food as my emotional support crutch. Oh, that's hard to break. I mean, it's really hard. You go through like, your cycles with it. Like, sometimes it's easier than others. But I feel like the main thing that's hard about, like, that kind of stuff is, like, on top of, like, the two quotes I love about fitness, which is, like, you'll never regret a workout once you've done it. The other thing is, like, one of the other reasons I love the workout person I do is, like, she gives, like, a motivating pre-speech and post-speech. And she also does a work, a cool down and a warm up with all of her strength videos. Because, mm -hmm. like, bet you believe I'm not going to another video to cool down after a workout. <laughs> like, no, I did the thing. Like, incorporate a form or like it's not gonna happen totally so but one of the things she said is like you you don't wait for motivation like do the action and get motivated from it mm -hmm. which I think is completely true because like I've had phases similarly where it's like I'm not motivated to work out it's like okay but like I typically this isn't advice for Angela this is more just like what I do I attach it to something I want to do like if there's a new podcast I want to listen to or like mm -hmm. a new episode of a show I want to watch I attach it to the thing so it's like okay when you like want to listen to that next podcast mm -hmm. go on a walk or like do something mm -hmm. to it so like sometimes it has backfired so I'm not saying it's the best idea because sometimes then I just don't do either and then I'm more miserable but when I'm like able to attach them it works and I either I think something in general speak freely on an observation about you yes I do this too but I think it's a thing of like a lot of times like we justify why it's like not a good time to do something when like all the time we took justifying we could just do it like you could mm -hmm. get in like a 15 minute yoga thing between workout or mm -hmm. between like work or you're like no but like I'm not in the correct like granted like what you're now like you're in like socks like yeah, you can't always do it but it's like you can take 10 minutes to stretch at your desk like there are mm -hmm. so many ways and because of the internet so many small workouts of like standing up against a wall or ways mm -hmm. just to like exercise but get movement in and it's really right. easy to justify like well I don't want to use my 10 minutes this I want to finish this episode of Grey's or whatever you're watching mm -hmm. but it's the thing of like if like you have any like drop outs like the magic Disney like little golden drop of, or flower or whatever it may be like of something to do it just like do it in the moment mm -hmm. and TikTok are like also says like tell yourself you'll do it for five minutes and you can stop or as the kids say you can full stop after those <laughs> 10 minutes or five minutes uh -huh. just then you know like and if you do stop you know like okay like not the day but like most of the time you're like oh I'm already I've already committed to doing it because mm -hmm. the hardest thing is starting yeah like this is something where I know I've I just have a super rigid mindset in general hence the therapy of like this isn't really fitnessy it's more just in general like if I had to go meet Angela today outside there's a certain amount of things I have to do to feel comfortable just leaving my house whether it's mm -hmm. to like hand Angela like a gift or to hand or something or if we're gonna be out all day mm -hmm. like there's a certain amount of like energy expended just to prepare to leave my house when you like have that it's hard to like mentally get there thinking of all of the stuff to do but it's like if you feel like going for a walk like do the minimum and just like get out because the faster you just like start because mm -hmm. then you're already in the mindset of well I'm out of the house anyway I might as well do the full walk I mm -hmm. might as well like finish this podcast I might as well just do it so like I feel like you have that similarly where you're like I have to be in the right mindset I have to have this this and this before I'll do it versus if you just do it you'd probably like get more movement and like walking in mm -hmm. than you would otherwise I mean kind of I feel like I generally like if I'm gonna go to the gym I'm like I have to go in the morning yeah. it's like the first thing I do like I wake up I roll out of bed I put on gym clothes and I literally just go straight there and I work out mm -hmm. so it's like if there's something that I have to do before then I generally like don't actually make it to the gym and I know a lot of that is part of just like how I don't know I don't want to say like how I was conditioned yeah but like how I was raised because my parents are very similar they're like if they don't do it first thing in the morning they're not doing it yeah they're like gonna wait until the next day because they're like you have to do things early and you have to get out and get yeah. them done but like before there are really big crowds and before things yeah. get like too popular like particularly during COVID like they don't want me out in big crowds because they're both older and they have underlying health issues so I totally get that but part of that too is like I need to be able to like give myself the latitude like if I because like I work obviously like Monday through Friday so 
if I get up and there are like 28 things waiting in my inbox, I have to be okay with like getting through those things and then going to the gym. Also, if my employer is listening, yes, I do do this all before I'm supposed to be online at eight. I generally get up at six, just FYI. But I think that's like a good point of like, cause like it's also easier. Cause like, let's say you say, okay, well I'd have to wait till tomorrow. Cause like I had to do my emails first. My therapist always says like, we always like, what if bad, but not like what mm -hmm. if it's like, what if I was able to do my emails and then work out and still be online at 8am? Like mm -hmm. what if I could still do it? Mm -hmm. It's like harder for you to wrap your brain around. This is a complete tangent. And I promise you I'll get back to the point. Um, I was listening to Justin Maldonado's podcast with, oh, I feel so bad for not knowing his name, Hannah and her partner. He is like, he has, I think, SMA he's in a wheelchair their YouTube is like scrubs and something he's like they're very big tiktokers oh I know who you're talking about but I only know them from tiktok yes I feel very bad I cannot remember his name we'll look it up Okay. Hannah and something just do just small noisy podcast basically he is severely disabled and they talked about how and she is completely able body and would for conventional standards people would probably say she's like more she's attractive and her being part I think his name might be Sean her being partnered with him is like a direct threat to able body like typically like cis het men because for them they're taught their whole life like you need to be this this and this and then you'll like be given a woman you'll get your dowry and you'll get your perfect life because of it and like she choosing someone who can't protect and can't hunt a bear and change a tire is a direct threat to what they've been told they deserve and what they'll like accumulate in life mm -hmm. so like trying to circle back to my original point it's like so what if we're able to accomplish the things outside of the perimeters we've been told ourselves like we have to fit within it can easily crumble other things because like well angela like what if you were able to just tell yourself i'll do these emails it'll take about 10 minutes and then i'll leave to the gym and i'll be able to be back in time it completely like deconstructs the way you view your time and how mm -hmm. long things take and everything and like other things would start to sometimes kind of unravel and just go from there which like is a bigger thing than just like answering the emails after the gym mm -hmm. did you find his name i didn't Shane. Squirmy and Grubs is the YouTube channel. We will link them. I completely agree because I realize that this is like totally a mental block as I'm sure you do as well. Mm -hmm. Like it's just something that there and like some days it's really easy to get past and then other days it feels like this huge weight that I just there's no getting around it, over it, under it, disapparating and reappearing on the other side. <laughs> there's just nothing that you can do and then I feel like that I kind of have like the same mindset with the food as well where if I wake up and and my mom is like, oh, like, do you want me to make you French toast? And I'm like, well, yeah, totally. And then I'm like, oh, well, if I'm eating French toast, like I might as well eat a chicken sandwich for lunch. And then it's like, you know what? Like, let's add the fries onto that because there's bread, there's bread and the egg and powdered sugar and maple syrup. So, you know, why not just like go from there and then start again the next day? And I feel like what I've been trying to work on a lot is like, maybe like, even if I don't have the healthiest start to the day, it's like, you can get yourself back on track. It's like, you can choose to eat the apple instead of the candy bar mm -hmm. or picking up a water bottle instead of a soda and oh my god that has been the hardest thing for me in my new job because we have real coke not diet soda so <laughs> that's my total weakness and I'll go in and I'll just grab a can like every other day and that's so many empty calories because what is it like if you stopped drinking soda every day for a year you would lose like 20 pounds I think it's like three burgers or something like yeah three. it's like something like that and then I also like during the pandemic when I was going into my other office like Starbucks was the only thing that was open near us so I would go to Starbucks every day and get a coffee and a sandwich and that is so many calories that not necessarily like all of the calories that are bad for you but it's like there are healthier choices that I could have put into those calories the thing with soda is like I'm fortunate that like I was a very no sugary cereal and no soda household like no mm -hmm. like no non-water beverage household except like orange juice like once a week yeah and like I hated it as a kid and I would make fun of it like when I go out like like my inner child like like Captain Crunch and like all the mm -hmm. things I was deprived of but like being an adult now and not having to kick a soda habit from like mm -hmm. my friends who do have them I'm like oh like I'm really grateful like I don't have this because like it's a really hard one to kick but that was always one of the things that bothered me they're like don't drink soda for a year and lose 20 pounds like I don't drink soda anyway so like what's my trick because it's not like I have to cut that one out it's like I have other vices I know exactly and it's like it can it can be soda it can be candy it can be ice cream it can mm -hmm. be volume of eating like in general mm -hmm. you can eat vegetables 
vegetables for an entire week but if you're eating a ridiculous amount of vegetables like you're still probably gonna be at the same weight yeah and it's the thing of like everyone is so unique like going back to like the like odd map thing like eating like a you can eat like a pound of cauliflower mm -hmm. and like but your body might not respond that way so you could eat like raw cauliflower and like some people might bloat a ton from that mm -hmm. and some people might like lose a ton from that mm -hmm. so even food to food it's such like a personal thing to figure out and to have to navigate oh my god it really is i i went to a brunch maybe like two three months ago now and everyone at the table except me was like talking about their like master diet plan and how they only eat four ounces of chicken and they've been able to like figure out like they eat like this much protein and this much carbs like they'll lose weight like without working out or they can eat this much and they aren't gonna gain any weight and they all ordered these like really tiny perfect breakfasts and i ordered this like massive plate and even like aside from just like everything on the table for me to like look at and like compare about us like the conversation for like a good 45 minutes was just about like how to lose weight and how to look fit and all of this stuff to like optimize your personal appearance and it was awful well like going back to like the hannah and shane thing it's okay great so it's like so what does it mean if your friends will be friends with you whether you're 100 pounds or you're 200 pounds and it's like societal conditioning it's like let's say angela like you blew up like Veru not Veru violet beauregard and mm -hmm. like got huge and like hypothetical it's like your boyfriend stayed your friend stayed with you like what does that mean that like mm -hmm. that they don't expect you to be skinny it's like you have to like acknowledge that's like an inward thing like oh I expect this of myself. Like, mm -hmm. this is something other people expect mm -hmm. of me. Because you're like, I've put, because then you, it's not like everyone, because like, if everyone will be friends with you, well, you're like 200 pounds. Like, mm -hmm. it's no longer something that like, oh, well, my friends won't be friends with me. It's a thing of like, you have to like, reflect inward on that. Like, mm -hmm. I don't like it. And yeah. granted, there's, there's a difference between I don't like gaining weight and I don't feel good in my body. Mm -hmm. Those are not the same thing. You feel like lethargic and heavier than you want to. It's not because of the number on the scale. Like, you don't feel good mm -hmm. in your body. Definitely. A hundred percent. Okay, this is gonna this is gonna sound really bad for a bit, but I'm gonna explain it. The worst advice that I ever decided to like accept, which is one of those like general kind of like body positive like expression, was buy clothes to fit your body. Don't make your body fit the clothes because as last December like was when I like really first started gaining weight so I bought new clothes I bought new clothes again in February I bought new clothes again in March and I bought new clothes again three weeks ago because none of those fit like every time I like went out and bought myself new clothes I gained more weight and then I just bought new clothes so I'm like when is it going to stop I can't keep justifying that I'm gonna buy new clothes as I gain weight because I don't feel good yeah not healthy to me so it's like yes you need to feel comfortable in yourself and like you can't make yourself lose weight by feeling uncomfortable by wearing clothes that are too tight that's not okay and it's never gonna be okay and definitely not good because I know people who have like been in that Hallmark movie situation where they're gifted something that's like three sizes too small to like shame them into getting smaller so it's mm -hmm. awful but also it's like you have to be prepared to like still call yourself on your own limits and say yeah. like, hey, like, yeah, you bought new clothes and like you should feel comfortable now, but it's like the rate at which I'm currently expanding, I'm gonna have to buy new clothes in like another month. And that's not healthy for me. Yeah. It's not healthy for my mentality. It's not healthy for my body. There's like, I think like a lot of these statements, like I was talking to my mom about the channel, like the whole thing, like money doesn't buy happiness. I think it's bullshit. And like, I, we need to stop saying it. Mm -hmm. Money does not buy happiness, but money buys autonomy. Money gives you autonomy which can relieve stress, lower cortisol levels, and gives you something to not stress over, which in turn makes me happier. So like there's caveats. It's like money doesn't buy happiness if you're not happy, but money certainly can give you a head start on your happiness mm -hmm. and can contribute to you finding your purpose and all these great things. And so with the whole clothes thing, I completely, I think when there are these vague statements, like we take them the way we like mean them. I feel like I see it more of a thing of like, don't keep the skirt that you, don't keep the dream skirt that you look at every day in your closet and feel terrible about yourself mm -hmm. is what they mean with like dress for the body you have, not the body you want. I also think though for you, just my opinion may have a bit like of a shopping problem when you'll buy clothes to fit your new thing. It's like, it's still like a bad version of the same coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. Cause for you, cause I know for some people, like for me keeping the aspirational dress can be a little bit triggering but for you I think I've seen you I mean you could tell me if I'm wrong 
for me when I see you when you keep those things for you it's a it seems like it comes from a healthy motivative place and it typically works for you I don't know if that's true but like it seems that way like sometimes when you do have something that's a little bit that's a little bit snug not like what you were in like 2012 in like high school but like when you're like okay this is like a little snug but like when I remember you don't like fall to pieces feel bad about yourself feel like you're never gonna get there you're right I'm aiming for this like this is what Mm -hmm. used to fit and I would like this to fit again Mm -hmm. versus like shaming yourself for it Mm -hmm. no and I feel like that's generally like how I've been too but honestly like this whole I don't know this past year has been rough just in terms of like trying to figure all of that out because like I'm not gonna lie either like up until a month ago I didn't think anyone had noticed how much weight I'd gained until it was brought up to me by several people and frankly okay here's the thing several people very close to me said things about it and it hurt a lot not because they said them in ways that were like particularly vicious but just because it it hurt hearing them and granted they all acknowledged that like they could have approached it better but like I I understand that they weren't trying to come from like a vicious place it hurt because I thought I was like hiding it so well oh no we don't hide anything yeah wasn't hidden at all but honestly like I don't know I feel like hearing it from them like made the full weight of it kind of come crashing down on me because I think starting in like April strangers have said things to me about it I've never heard anyone like address someone as like that in real life like only in like tv movies books things like that. Like, I've never heard someone say, like, move fatty, like, anything like that. And then several people said that to me in one night. Yeah. And, like, not to- Not even, like, jokingly, but just, like, move it fatty. Like, well, like, like, oh my god. Like, I can't believe she- I can't believe you're wearing that. The, all of these came from guys, by the way, too. Men suck. Sorry, well, that's just, like, my little, like, had well, to say it like, kind here's of thing. the other like, thing. Wrong, horrible- you don't deserve that. No one deserves that. You also fit in straight size clothing, even with your weight gain. But in what size? Straight clothing? size. So straight size clothing means you can go to a typical Nordstrom, Bloomingdale, Forever Twenty One, Zara, and fit in their clothing. Oh yeah. You can still shop at straight size stores, which is typically a zero to twelve or maybe a zero to fourteen. I mm-hmm. think like mid size. People are like mid size means you're a medium. Mid size does not mean you're a medium. Mid size mm-hmm. means you are between straight sizing. So I'd say between a twelve to like an eighteen, mm-hmm. like a large to like a two XL. Okay. Is size and then anything over than that like I think like 16 plus is plus size but like a 12 to an 18 I would say it's like the mid-size range Mm -hmm. but like you can still you're still in straight size clothing which the average person in America or average woman is like a 14 Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong if you're a 14 but the thing is like Angela looking the way she does even though like she's gained weight is still like within society beauty standards so it's like Angela's getting these kind of comments imagine people who can't fit in Disneyland rides who have trouble fitting on planes and buses like the audacity of people to say it and it's like it goes like it clearly is like a projection thing because it's like you needing to tell someone about their appearance to me tells frankly tells me like you have a lot about your own appearance mm-hmm. yeah seriously for the men who listen to this sorry for saying you all suck I understand that but just like the fact that like all of these comments came from men to me in public spaces was just like congratulations like you really needed to make yourself feel better by talking to me and then declaring me fat did you know these men no yeah didn't know them like one guy was like one guy was like super super drunk and honestly this one hurt the most like he was like falling down like his friends had to hold him up drunk they were like standing next to us waiting for an uber and he went through my line of friends rated them all hot and he was starting head to toe and like he would point out all the things that he liked and he got to me and he was like hot not hot not hot really not hot that we're okay and i was just like why did none of your friends before you stop it i'm gonna go on a really long tangent in another episode about the way that women will tolerate men's speaking to them and I don't like it. Who was this with? Oh, uh, this was when I was in Austin. Oh, work. For me, like, the second, like, that would start with, like, any of our friends, like, we would just walk away. So mm-hmm. the fact that, like, y'all didn't, like, whoever you were with, like, chose to just, like, stand there. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, the reason that we were standing there was because hanging on to some guy who wouldn't leave and we weren't trying to leave her to get kidnapped. Mm-hmm. But just, like, yeah, he went through, like, the four of us and did that. And I was just like, yeah, like, honestly, really low point for me. Not even in that moment, but just because, like, in that moment, I just wrote it off and was like oh well f you you're super drunk and you're not a nice person and it didn't really hit me until like a few weeks ago when intervention was staged and I was like oh maybe I really do look awful. I feel like it's always hard it's like when you have something that's sensitive and someone brings it up to you because you already are sensitive about it like there's mm-hmm. no nice way to approach it there mm-hmm. are lots of bad ways to approach it but it's the thing of like if like you feel like this is we'll go with the same like you have like a thing about your chin yeah so it's like I make a remark about your chin regardless how kind 
you know what I mean? It's gonna hit harder because you already have the insecurity. Mm-hmm. Versus, like, lol, like, you can't read, like, you're dumb. Like, you know that's not true, so it's not gonna, like, yeah. resonate and you can push it off more. And I feel like, in general, like, society's not ready for this kind of nuance. I like getting complimented, not, like, sleazily, but, like, when I look good in clothes. Mm-hmm. I like being complimented on my physical appearance. Because personally, like, as I'm also in therapy, I try to invest a lot into my physical appearance as well as my mental appearance the way I treat other people. I like mm-hmm. it. So when my hair looks really good and super bouncy and, like, Dysoned and looked like I should be in a commercial. I like people telling me that. So it's like, I think when people are like, stop complimenting women's bodies, we all like a compliment. Just like if like a dude like looks like he's like super worked out, I think physical compliments are fine. When it comes to someone that's like negative physical appearance, I don't think there's ever a good way to approach like, hey, th- I feel like I was not involved in any of these conversations telling Angela about the way she looked. I would like that to be on the record. But like, it would be a thing of like, hey, for me, if I were to approach it with Angela, because I know like throughout various things, like, she'd be like, hey, like, how are you? like how are you currently like feeling in your body like how are you feeling and then like let that lead the conversation because like regardless of whether I noticed she did gain weight or she didn't gain weight or like whatever it's like the biggest thing is like how are you feeling in your own skin because Mm -hmm. like Angela didn't see a problem with it no one else should see a problem with it Mm -hmm. until like it wouldn't be a thing like Angela you gave me like Angela I see like hey like I saw you going up the stairs a little bit more lethargic or like you didn't want to go on walks and like you used to love yoga like have you done it recently like Mm -hmm. there are a lot of ways to get to a similar point Mm -hmm. without the directness of it I totally agree and I also agree to your point that it's like don't stop complimenting women on their appearance because obviously like it's something that like you like fashion you like makeup you it's something that like you personally take pride in it's just like learn how to give compliments respectfully learn how to give compliments that are not just singularly focused on appearance or like put there's a difference between compliments when like oh my god your earrings are so cute or mm-hmm. or versus like oh my god like your earrings are so cute and like that's what makes you valuable and existing in the space currently i was raised in a way where i was not taught to put an emphasis into my appearance I thought you were though. We'll we'll get there. Like my mom personally chose to raise me in a way where like I would not put a lot of value into my personal appearance so that I would not base my self-worth on that. Mm -hmm. However, I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this. I am part of the Latinx community and unfortunately that's something that this community does put a lot of credence into. If you are Latinx and a girl, your worth is essentially determined by how pretty you are, how skinny you are. So that was always really hard for me because on the one hand, I was told not to think about it. And then on the other hand, a lot of peers in my community judged me based on that. But I think it also went a long way because other members of my family were very supportive in that and they like really helped like compliment me and bolster me and that like my value was so much more than my appearance. And so like that was that was really good and very helpful for like the first 18 years of my life. And then I went out to college and I got into the world and I learned that you know, there are times when that is all that people are going to see. I mean, I feel like there's that, but it's also, it's the first thing anyone sees. Mm-hmm. First thing most people see. Well, no, because if you don't get to say anything, it's the first thing you literally see. But what if you're blind? Not, not, the, most, not the time to split hairs on that one. My, my bad. My, most people, you're interacting with blind, <laughs> Angela. Going back to, like, apparently, like, the heroes of the episode, like, Hannah and Shane, like, him being, like, disabled and all of that, like, directly goes against like but like he's like people are like he's not attractive like why are you someone pretty attracted to him and things like attraction is so personalized mm-hmm. like you might not be like I don't know why this is an example but like currently like I just recently got to go to see the Obama's like portrait galleries and like, I don't <laughs> think like Obama's like unattractive like I, don't, I think he I saw him kind of neutral but after mm-hmm. like, listening to his book I'm like oh like he's a great personality like mm-hmm. his like factor went up like a current TikTok trend is like he's a six but he's read all of Harry Potter so he's a nine or it's like he's a he's a 10 but his favorite boy band is like 98 degrees so he's a seven like people are making jokes about the things that go up and down but I really think there are some people on this planet such as Harry Styles, Jacob Ellerty, Zac Efron, Jesse Williams, Idris Elba, I'm not just trying to name white men right now, Taylor Zakar Perez, Jess Maldani's white even though he plays Middle Eastern which is a little bit problematic. Like there's a bunch of like people, Simu Lee, or no, he's not a subject. Um, whoever played Colin in Crazy Rich Asians, to me, he was the most attractive one. Oh, okay. There's some, or Henry Golding, there's some, Reggae Jean Page, how did I forget the Duke? There's some people who the world puts out as objectively attractive. Like, mm-hmm. you got the genetic lottery. Angela, like, no spoilers for the audience, but, like, does your boyfriend look like, um, Jonathan Bailey or the Duke of Hastings? No, I say he looks more like emo Toby Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
like the point is like but also i'm just putting it out there i'm incredibly attracted to emo toby Maguire. but like the thing is like you're attracted to ray j john page and jonathan bailey ray j john page is actually a little too skinny for me jonathan bailey yes simo simo okay. you yes you get, like yes we're, but yes there are people who are like objectively attractive like yes like you see like if the duke and hastings walk in front of you he might be a little skinny but like i'm like hey you're the duke of hastings exactly like there are a lot of things there are a lot of people who are objectively like you cannot tell me this person is unattractive by society's metrics of what we've been yes. told is attractive and then there are people like you know tommy mcguire or like other people like i said obama and so like other ones who are like oh like that's attractive to you like you think that and it's like there's nothing wrong with that mm -hmm. but it's just not as universally like mm -hmm. like i think Hassan Minaj is really attractive and I think it's mostly because I like his like work and I think mm -hmm. I like I like his humor I like his brain I like the jokes he makes about going to UC Davis growing up as a oh, South Asian kid yeah. in California mm -hmm. like there are a lot of very relatable points he's made mm -hmm. and so like for me like that the package makes it more attractive like Nick Jonas and the Jonas Brothers are short but like Joe Jonas covering like oh god one of Jojo's songs recently like on TikTok like makes it more attractive I was always a Joe girl veered to Nick for a little bit when he had like that Seamus Joel shower music video but like we're back to Joe <laughs> They're not as objectively <laughs> universally attractive. And it's like, mm -hmm. that's where like your nuance comes in. And I think what do you, like when you really think about it, it's like objective beauty standards, like so what if like, we'll just go with this. Like, so what if my hair, even on four day hair and greasier is more, I'm quoting, it's like societally acceptable than Angela's curly hair. So therefore like by society standards on this one factor, I am prettier and more acceptable. Mm -hmm. So what? Does that mean like Angela should be like beaten in the streets? Like, does that mean like I deserve to become Princess of Genovia, which I do deserve? But like, what, like, <laughs> like, it's like, take it to the extremes. Like, so mm -hmm. what? Does that mean like Angela needs to like live on the street and like beg for money or like become a drug dealer? Does that mean like, because I'm pretty, I should like get to do anything I want and like never have a hardship in my life again? Like we, we know we put value on beauty standards, but like, so what? Like ask yourself, so what if I'm prettier? So what if this? Oh, to reference the show that we are not ready to speak about yet, <laughs> women are always too dark, too light, too fat, too skinny. Their hair's too flat. Their hair's too big. They're... On the podcast, they reference a lot about, like, the fight they've had to make about their hairstyles on the show and how much, like, mm -hmm. it was very clear, like, one of the actresses literally, so she did a role where she had to get bangs. Mm -hmm. And literally the creator, showrunner, director, person they will not name. Look at her like, oh my god, you fucking got bangs. All the cheerleaders in my high school who were bitches to me got bangs. Like, you have to get rid of those immediately. Said this oh. to one of the young 20-something actresses on the show, like, because she plays the cheerleader with who had bangs. Like, oh my god, all the girls in high school who had bangs were bitches and wouldn't talk to me. It's like, wow, you know where your head is at when, like, saying this kind of stuff, and it's creepy. I really can't wait to listen to this podcast now. But, like, imagining that, like, oh my god, like, Angela, you have curly hair. The girl who wouldn't go out with me in college, like, had curly hair and like wouldn't be my girlfriend so you have to like shave your head oh dear god but like it's so stupid like go like what, what are your perspectives like angela so my hair like means more to society like mm -hmm. so what like does that like what do i deserve like what kind of award should i get for that <laughs> like what does this mean like it doesn't mean i gain anything from it mm -hmm. well i guess you do you gain something by like not having to hear about it i guess mm -hmm. like that's the privilege of itself is the privilege is like i don't ever have to hear about my hair in a set by the way my hair is interfering with an activity of a setting correct it's confusing because like for me it's not a privilege because it's like you don't know another way like i've mm -hmm. never had someone comment on my hair other than like, it looks good. For me, it's not a privilege versus like when someone, when you hear negative comments about your hair, to not have, to just have your hair be neutral is a privilege. Mm -hmm. I know, something that I actually like hadn't even thought of just cause you brought this up about hair and we can just, we can end on this and move on. One of the things that I'd completely forgotten about with not like having like natural hair and wearing your hair naturally is that like people will talk about like the smell of it. They're like, oh, like you can like, when someone has, like natural hair like it smells way more because they're not washing it i don't think my hair smells i mean your no. hair smells like product but like i'm also product yeah i'm like i'm personally very like this isn't good for me for anyone because i just have like a naturally very strong nose which apparently comes from my anxiety so like huh. i just have a natural like stronger thing for senses mm -hmm. so like, i don't think natural hair smells more like odor and scent like i just pick up stronger made me like completely think about like I buy hair perfume. Is that what hair perfume is made for? I don't know. It's just like all of these extra things that you like then have to think about. Like I got hair perfume because I 
I like when my hair smells pretty. I've been playing with my hair this entire podcast. I whip it around a lot. Like, sorry, like get an extra whiff of my hair perfume. Like that's also just the thing. But like, I completely forgot that like, that's why I even started buying it in the first place because there's a stigma surrounded around wearing your hair naturally and not washing it as much as others do. Well, on the flip side of that, because I'm so sensitive to smell, I did always have a thing of like, and maybe this growing up, the black and brown people who like I went to school with always had like and to me because it was too strong reeked of fragrance whether I don't know whether it was hair perfume or perfume and I'm like Mm -hmm. oh my god like you smell like to me it was gross because like to me strong scents overwhelmed me Mm -hmm. like this is one of Angela's favorite perfumes that I may or may not be the reason she had to stop using (laughs) the DKNY apple one smells good except until you get on a skin I've smelled on multiple people and every time it makes me want to vomit which in in reality I understand it's my problem but like when you live with Angela and I have to smell all the time like it becomes her problem people of color typically wore a lot more scents in general I don't know whether it was their communities their homes their friends or whatnot but for me I don't know if maybe it was a reason like for them they were systemically told like their hair smells or they smell more because of that so like for me it was the opposite thing actually I'm like oh my god like you reek because you have so much fragrance on like why do you smell like you walked out to me it was like the other thing so it's like I mean it totally could be like I remember like flashing back on it now in elementary school like there were a couple girls they were regularly called like taco and burrito because they were told that they smelled like tacos and burritos yeah did they actually because it's like obviously like you're in your home everyone's home has different smells like those are picked up by your clothes and stuff like if you think about like different like seasonings like particularly like when you're cooking strong things I don't know about like a lot of people but like in my house and then in families homes like yeah like we have like a washer and a dryer but sometimes like just to like save on energy it's like we have like we actually have like clotheslines set up yeah. in my laundry room where like we hang things to dry and it's right next to the kitchen. So yeah, maybe I went to school sometimes and like maybe like my clothes like picked up some scents from the kitchen. Maybe that's what was happening to other kids too. It's just like but a thing maybe of like it where wasn't. maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just a thing of like, oh, like you smell differently. So I'm automatically labeling you as something else. Well, it's like I had a friend who like works at a pool and swam for a while. Like mm-hmm. she would smell of chlorine. She would just mm-hmm. always smell of chlorine. Mm-hmm. Like we like we smelled her, her arms. I'm like, oh my God, you smell like you've just like been doused in bleach. Yeah. Like so smells happen. And it's mm-hmm. like some smells are more pleasant. Some are other things like here's the thing like and granted again, I'm very sensitive to smell. So people with bad BO or any or halitosis or whatever it's called when they're breasting, I'm very sensitive to. Like Angela, like role play with me. Like what is the point of like telling someone else how badly they smell? do like what like what can be what's a solution to that that can happen in that exact moment they can't leave you can't leave and now you're just interacting with someone who knows that like they think you're dirty or that like like you've just created an uncomfortable situation for both of you Mm -hmm. you can get out of there as fast as you want yeah you can't change anything in that situation so Mm -hmm. like you need the other person to know you have this feeling but it's also like you need to also learn how to self-regulate and not need that out into the universe. Yep. I completely agree. And on that note, thank you for listening to this episode of In Omnia Paradis. Grab your coffee bowls and don't forget to rate, download, and follow on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, where you leave will follow. So head on over to at In Omnia Pod on Instagram and let us know what you would like to hear about in the comments. Bye. Everybody is a bikini bot. I don't know. Have anything better? No, I think that's a good one.